the Carolina Hurricanes split their weekend series against the Ottawa Senators and Anaheim Ducks this weekend. In this episode of Locked on Hurricanes, find out what went right for them against the Senators and what went wrong for them against the Ducks. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Monday afternoon. And this episode is once again brought to you by the lovely folks over at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96 and subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. Trying to build that up and can't do it without you. And in this episode, we will be recapping the games against the Senators and Ducks, like I said in the opening. And we will also hear from Seth Jarvis and Auntie Ronta following that game against the Senators and Rod Brindamore following the game against the Ducks. Now, we're just going to hop right on into it, folks. Friday, uh, the Hurricanes got a 4 nothing win against the Ottawa Senators. And this was a game that, yeah, they were, this was, they're supposed to win. They're supposed to win both these games, but we'll talk about the Ducks uh, here later. And the, the game against the Senators was a bit of a mixed bag. And yes, I know the final score says four nothing, and it was a four nothing win. And the first period, for the most part, is pretty typical Hurricanes hockey. Is that first period was one of the best periods that they have played all year long. They played fast. There was a lot of four checking. That the def- the the defense was creating a lot of pressure on the Senators as well. And this was textbook Hurricanes hockey. Like I said, Brent Burns, yeah, he's got his 12th of the year in that game. Uh, Jarvis, uh, Seth Jarvis, who we'll hear from here in a bit, he got a goal as well. And it was one that for a bit there, we didn't know if it was going to stand because it looked like it may have been goal interference, but it wasn't. And Auntie Ronta, who again, we'll also hear from, this wasn't a period where he saw a, a lot of action. If I remember correctly, I don't. What was the shot total for that first period? I know it wasn't a lot. Uh, he only saw seven shots in that first period. Second and third period definitely picked up more. But he didn't he have to do a whole heck of a lot in that first period. But, you know, when he did, he. He stepped up to the plate that top line of Sveshkov, Ajo, and Jarvis. That was crazy good line, and they have been absolutely insane as of late, and the Hurricanes dominating five-on-five play. And yes, Rui Kotniemi, he's uh, looking really good. Same with the game against the Ducks as well, of him stepping up in this game uh, against centers, laying some really, really big hits. Uh, but the main concern, you know, with this game was 
special teams. Um, and obviously with that, that means power play. And, you know, in that game against the centers, in that first period, the big thing that I personally took away from that, that could have been better was that power play. It has to be better. And in that game in total, you know, they went 0 for 2 on the power play with uh, they had the one opportunity sort of uh, late ish in the first period. Um, And, you know, they had another one in the second period. But again, a whole lot of nothing on, on this on the power plays and, you know, getting into the second period what it was pretty much the opposite of the first period. Uh, Auntie Ranta really kept them in that period. Uh, it was, they were very sloppy in, in the second period. It was not a pretty period at all. They're just giving Ottawa chance after chance. Uh, they're taking a lot of penalties and really the good things with that second period was again, Auntie Ranta keeping it in, uh, keeping the team in the game. And the penalty kill. Penalty kill was having to do work. In that second period alone, Carolina took three penalties. Uh, 35 seconds into the period, uh, one as well. And then you had one about three and a half minutes in, then uh, another one almost nine minutes into the period. And we've seen that before of just all of a sudden, they just start taking penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty and it's just what the heck is going on and you know a lot of these penalties you know they were just like what the heck is is going on and it was very frustrating and they were lucky to come out still with the lead you know they came out of you know the second period neither team scored obviously the way the hurricanes play they weren't going to score uh but yeah they they were really lucky to keep it that way uh and that's a testament to the penalty kill uh the hurricanes uh blue liners and just their defense in general and auntie rata uh because the offense was doing absolutely nothing and you know third period rolled around it was definitely better um, it, they definitely realized like, oh crap, yeah, we're we're screwing up, and Ottawa's starting to get some momentum. And the Hurricanes they fought back in that third period, which was really really good. And they're better with the penalties. They only took one in the third period, which is good because with the way they were taking and the momentum Ottawa's getting, had they had a repeat of that second period, Ottawa was totally scoring a power play goal. 100%. And then we also did see you know, the Hurricanes rack up their third and fourth goals uh, with Marty Natchez and Brady Shea. Again, obviously the Hurricanes, you know, Auntie Ronta got his third shutout of the year. And that's a 14-game point streak for Auntie Ronta, uh, which is crazy to think about. He's when he is playing, he is playing awesome. Uh, he is now 15, two and three on the season. He's having a heck of a year. And a fun stat is uh, following that game uh, against the Senators. I'd have to look and see. I don't 
don't know what it's like now. Uh, but following that game against Sinners, the top two lines had 15 goals for and zero goals against. That's just how dominant those top two lines have been uh, for that past week. I'm not, I think it's, I don't think they'll, I don't think that those top two lines allowed either any of the goals last night against Anaheim, but I'm not 100% sure. We'd have to go and look. Uh, but, yeah, the top two lines have been great. And you know, we'll get into the Anaheim game in a bit, but the team is rolling, and the five-on-five play is this team's bread and butter, and they're absolutely killing it when it comes to five-on-five play. And they are extremely dangerous. And you look at Atiranta in this game tonight of, you know, he's, I think, yeah, he kind of proved himself like, hey, you know, it's going to be me, not Piotr being the backup here uh, to Freddie, you know, for the remainder of the season. Because, you know, trade deadline's right around the corner. And I think that, you know, maybe some folks, you know, I had seen some chatter about potentially, you know, trading you know, a goalie and, you know, trading rounds up, bringing Piotr up. And I think this was definitely a performance where, like, no, it's not going to happen. At least not not this year. Uh, Ranta, uh, Auntie Ranta, he's still going to be that number two guy. And, yeah, he performed like it. Yeah, he, he kept his team in the game when the skaters weren't doing it. He really bailed them out which is great. And I'm really pleased with what we saw from him. We're talking about him a lot right now. Let's hear what Auntie Ranta had to say following that shutout against the Ottawa Senators. Two points. So, uh, you know, obviously it was nice to, nice to have a couple of my friends also in, in the stands today. So, uh, you know, they've been nervous because they, they've been living in my house. So they, they tried to stay away from me in the game days. But, uh, you know, obviously it was nice to, it was nice to get a good good win for, for for them also five wins in a row this team loves to put together some win streaks how do you guys feel going down the stretch of the season yeah obviously you know we when we got back from the from the bye week i think the the first game wasn't wasn't what we wanted and uh after that we've been kind of just tried to stick uh, stick with uh, with our our game and and you know it's been working pretty well so uh you know it's nice to nice to get it get back at tomorrow and you know keep it going and you know obviously been nice to be at home a little bit and, and get some games here so you know we try to we try to get those streaks going at, at home especially as a goaltender are you ever do you ever start thinking about the shutout at any point in the game you just try to push that as far back in your mind as you can uh, well obviously you, you kind of see the this the score there so you, you know when it's two nothing you uh, two nothing you really don't want to get them let the let any any goal sink, just then it's going to get any even tighter so uh you know obviously last couple minutes probably you start you start yelling a little bit more to the guys to take the take the guys out and, and like that, but you know you still try to try to focus on the, on the obviously the next shot and, and you know hope that the, the clock runs out really really quickly. How about the penalty killing tonight, especially in the Oh, it was it was huge. Obviously, you know we we knew that they they have skillful guys there. They their their power play is really good and, and and they move the puck really well. So you know I think. I think guys were doing an amazing job there, you know, taking those backdoor passes away. And, and you know, when when they had the shot, I was able to see it. So, uh, and, and obviously clearing the, the rebound. So, yeah, that's. 
So, you know, you're hearing Auntie Rata, you know, talk about uh, that game against the Senators. And, you know, like I said, he, he really bailed this team out. And, you know, you heard him, you know, he's yelling at the guys. And at the end of the day, the Hurricanes came through, got that win, which was really big uh, for them. Of course, you know, continuing to, well, at the time, extend their lead uh, in the Metro. And I feel that this team, they're dangerous. And, you know, we'll talk about more of where they're stacking up in the Metro at the end of the episode when we talk about, you know, Metro Monday and all the teams, you know, what's going on in the division. But they're a dangerous team. And Antiranta, you know, he really bailed them out. And, you know, Seth Jarvis, again, stepping up in that game, netting himself a goal as well. And this is what Seth Jarvis had to say following uh, that game against the Senators as well. Oh, dude, I was so scared to look up. I, I didn't know what was going on. I, just, I, yeah, I was in the net. I knew the play was still going on, so I was like, I'm not going to show face. And I saw in the replay, it was probably like a good couple inches above my head, so thankfully, because he said he didn't even look up, so he didn't even know I was in the net. <laughs> Did you feel like it was? Kind of, no, like a, like a bullet going. not at all. No, I was just scared. I thought they were going to call it off, so I wasn't really celebrating, but I'm just happy it counted. Was there any kind of explanation on the ice about, you know, obviously you get pulled down and kind of fall in. Did the ref say, did you overhear anything about why they let that go? And then obviously they don't challenge, so. No one talks to me. I have no idea why I didn't count. I just went with the punches, and I was just happy it counted. This team is on fire whenever you score a goal. I mean, how does that feel? Does it feel like the world is kind of revolving around you? <laughs> not at all. It's just, that's a cool stat, I guess, but yeah, it's funny. I got to score more often, so we can hopefully win more games. How's the momentum for you? I know you said a couple games ago, like, maybe this year hasn't gone the way you want it to, but now kind of getting going, getting, you know, finishing the chances you're getting and things like that. Yeah, it's fun. It's nice. Like, even on, on the goal, I, I put one on net, and sometimes, probably before, it probably kicked the other way, but it kicked right back to me, and I was able to score the rebound, so... I mean, just little things like that uh, worked well for me. But overall, I think just my game as a whole and uh, forward-checking wide especially is, is really up to that. That's what's resulting in me scoring. How about this guy back here? Which oh, goal? Man, he was elite. <laughs> uh, he was really good. He made a huge, few huge saves for us. He was massive on the PK. I mean, our whole second period felt like there was just penalties the whole period. So it was huge for him to come up big and, and keep, us, uh, keep us with the lead. All right. Thanks, Jarby. Yeah, so again, he's echoing same thing I've already said with Atiranta of how he kept this team in the game. And one thing with Seth Jarvis, you know, talking about, you know, his goal, and it wasn't one that got overturned uh, for goalie interference. I, I, no one knows what goalie interference is at this point because uh, one game it gets called, the other game it doesn't. Because I, I 100% thought that that goal was going to get uh, uh, turned away, but it didn't. And it is what it is. He's hiding behind uh, Cam Talbot. But you know, I really, that game was, again, it was a mixed bag. First period, some of the best hockey we've seen from. Second period was was rough. It, it was rough. And, again, the big thing for this game that I said at the top of talking about this game was that the power play needs to be better. Yeah, that was my main criticism was was with the first period was power play. It just, it hasn't been there this year at all. It'll have glimmers, but overall it just hasn't been there. And it wasn't there against Anaheim either. And now we're going to start talking about that game against Anaheim last night. And we will do that right after this quick break, folks. 
Now, folks, you know, I'm working hard at getting myself uh, healthier and being better. And a great way to do that is with Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And it supports better sleep quality, recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. You got to be alert and ready to go. If you're a hockey player, you got to be on your A game. You got to know what's going on around you. And something else that's really important is a multivitamin. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. And it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big, big benefits. It's the one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And best of all, your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is really, really important to add in to these winter months when we're not getting as much sunlight. We're all seeing it whenever we're seeing each other at games or online. We're all looking a little pale. We're not in. We're not inside. Or well, we are inside. We're not outside. And you got to be getting that sunlight. And right now, not the best time to do it. So make sure you are getting that vitamin D. And right now, Athletic Greens is going to help you reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, it's time to segue into this game against Anaheim because this is where things got a little weird uh, this weekend. Uh, the Hurricanes, they lost this game three to two, but this was a game. They should have freaking won this game, man. The final shot total was the Ducks, 16, the Hurricanes, 53. What the heck, man? Like, what? I mean, that's a credit to John Gibson. He worked his freaking butt off for the Ducks in that game, made over 50 saves. And that was, he was the reason the Ducks won that game, 110%. Uh, because the Hurricanes, yeah, again, 53 shots. Uh, and, yeah, it, it was very frustrating um, for that. Yeah, it was for a long time. It was goaltender battle, you know, going back and forth between Gibson and Anderson. You remember these guys won the Jennings Trophy together, I think, like, 2015-2016 uh, season, I believe it was. Uh, but, you know, the Hurricanes, they look good in the first in the first period. And, you know, you wouldn't have been able to tell, you know, they're coming off of a back-to-back. You know, they didn't look gassed or anything like we've seen in the past with this team, with other teams. And, you know, you, you wouldn't have known because they were really controlling possession. They were creating shots and creating good chances. But 
John Gibson, he was just a brick wall uh, for the Ducks in that game. And the second period is where it it kind of felt like, you know, for the longest time in that period, you know, it was still nothing, nothing. But towards the end of the period, uh, especially around that Klinberg uh, goal, yeah, it was John Klinberg. Uh, but I got uh, the goal scorers confused. But it kind of felt like right around then was when the momentum was starting to shift for the Ducks. And, you know, they took that uh, lead into the uh, second period, or into the third period, excuse me. Uh, and they were, you know, up, you know, two nothing at that point where it doesn't happen to the Hurricanes too often with that. And, yeah, they ended up, uh, Troy Terry, uh, oh God, no, it, crap. It was, uh, Silverberg, uh, getting that second goal for them. And, you know, then we get into the third period and it just felt like the hurricane, they're fighting back, but it just felt like Anaheim, they were, they just had all of this momentum because of John Gibson and the team. They were just saying like, we got this. And, you know, we've seen that before in games where it feels like you, you come second period, uh, even before that final horn sounds like this team has the momentum. This goalie right now is hot and this team is rallying behind them big time. And they're not going to lose. And this felt like one of those, one of those times where like Anaheim wasn't going to lose this game, especially you know, getting into that third period. They were not going to lose. They were rallying behind their goalie. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, yes, yeah, Spirit you know, score like what was it, thirteen seconds uh, after the Ducks went up. Uh, who? After the Ducks went up with their second goal, I believe it was. We're going to double check on that. But, you know, he's fighting back. And, you know, like I said, with the Ottawa game, you know, Spirit's stepping up big, laying big hits in that game. And then in this one, you know, the Herc, or him, you know, as soon as uh, Silverberg uh, scored in the uh, third period, it's about four, a little over four minutes into the third. Uh, he 13 seconds later goes down and scores. I don't even think Wade Minter finished the hit announcement for it, but that was big. And I'm liking that he's stepping up and stepping to the challenge. Like Seth Jarvis, he's, it feels like he's finally starting to get something going. You know, at this point in the season, feels like Gasperi's in the same boat with Jarvis. It feels like, all right, you know, they're starting to, they're starting to get some momentum on their side and get things going. And you know, whether it's, Again, just a good all-around game, showing up on the score sheet, whatever. I do really like that, and that's what we need from those guys. You know, they're top six guys. That's what we want from them. And so we got, you know, Troy Terry and Esper Foss uh, ended up scoring uh, within about a minute of a ha- minute and a half of each other. And, you know, with this game against the Ducks, like I said, you kind of figure <sighs> Ducks weren't going to lose. I said it before, you know, I go back to that game where Detroit shut out the Hurricanes here in Raleigh last year. Uh, it was Ned's second game back here, and it was, it was like a 3 nothing shutout. And, you know, 
told you guys this story before. Yeah. Looked at my girlfriend. I think it was in like the second period or whatever. I'm like, Detroit's winning this. You know, you just watch the goal and they're just save after save. It was that way with John Gibson uh, I, that night. And Ducks weren't going to lose that game. He got going and, and he what Ducks weren't losing. Yeah, it could have gone to overtime. You know, the Hurricanes uh, were creating some shots there at the very end of just peppering them with stuff, but it just won't good enough. Uh, it could be any goalie. We've seen it with Freddie. We've seen it with Hey, We saw it with Ned when he was here. We've seen it with Piotr. We saw it with Peter Mrazek, James Reimer, Curtis McAuley. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Goalie gets hot. Sometimes you just... You ain't winning that game, and this was one of those games. And you know, credit to the Ducks. You know, they were. You know, I, I kind of wrote this game off as one like oh, the Hurricanes are winning this game, uh, but that wasn't the case. Ducks came into the Hurricanes' house, and they earned that win. They they did. John Gibson, he earned it. He deserves every bit of that first star. And kudos to him. Uh, the Hurricanes, you know, like with that Ottawa game. Power play. 0 for 4 on the power play, and they're giving up a lot of chances. But it is what it is. You know, the game's in the past now. You know, we're going to hear from Rod Brindamore here in a second uh, following that game, but power play's got to change. It's something that's seriously got to happen with the power play because not every time, you're not always going to be playing five on five. And so often it is. We can look to a game where the power, where a power play goal would have made a difference. You know, biggest one yeah I've said, I believe it was up in Detroit where it was a one nothing shutout. Brady Shea getting a power play goal. That was a difference maker. And then you look at this game right here. You know, yeah, Ottawa probably probably wouldn't have made a difference. I think the Hurricanes are probably going to win that regardless. But you know, this game. You get one power play goal, it's 3-3. You're going in overtime, you get a point. You know? It's just so many games can be... I mean, and of course, you know, you could look for that kind of thing, but it just feels so obvious with the Hurricanes this season that, yeah, they've won a crap ton of games. They've lost, like, two games in God knows how long. Uh, like, it's they're winning. And I feel that that's why the power play is getting looked over of just how poor it's been. But especially in these, even in wins, just like it's not there. And they've really got to do something at the trade deadline. And we'll talk about that here in a bit. But first, we are going to hear from Rod Brindmore and what he had to say following that game against Anaheim. One of those nights where you tip your cap to their goalie, yeah. uh, tell your guys good job and move on. Yep, pretty much. Play that game ten times, you're gonna win nine of them. And just tonight we got the the one that you know unfortunate, but uh, I mean we gave up some chances, but that's you got to give up some in a game, and they just you know their goalie was good. Is it easier to flush a game where you you know dominate so well, or is it, is it kind of the way it guys? No, it's it's way easier to flush a game that you're terrible in. Because then it's just, 
Well, that one's one we should have had. So that's, those are the ones that they're, they're a lot tougher. Um, you know, when you get beat bad, it's easy to just move on. Jacob was saying after the game, do a bounce here and there. He felt like he had a chance there late. Yeah, but, I mean, I think pretty much everybody had a chance. You know, it was a bunch of great opportunities. And just didn't put it in. So I liked how we kept fighting. You know? I mean, it's just we got down two, and then all of a sudden we're just we're still we're in the game, we're in the game, and then you know uh, it's just the way it went tonight. Another indication one of those games where it doesn't matter what the points are, the teams, or the records. Just every night. Well, anybody can beat anybody in the NHL. We know that. I mean, I don't know that we got beat tonight. I felt like it was just it's the way it went. But yeah, they got great players over there on their goals. They were all. You know, high end plays. I mean, four and four goal. The guy makes a great play and cuts over and you know, spin around a shot. I mean, that's that's you know, that's high end stuff. So, um, you, know, like you said it. I mean, we we did pretty much everything we had to do. We just didn't find the back end. I don't know. Did you like the, the power play opportunities you had? Well, we had, I mean, especially had it on a stick in front all alone. So we, you know, it got a little hectic there. I think we probably needed to settle down a little more, but. Um, yeah, I didn't love that. But our power play actually was good tonight. We, we had a whole bunch of opportunities in the second period. We just didn't get it in. And, you know, Broad saying the same thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They should have won this game. But, yeah, it is what it is uh, with that game. It just feels like we've seen that a lot of, not just this year, but, you know, in the past, of just how they've had these 50 plus shots on goal game and they're still coming away with a loss and again i'm not gonna sit here and act like the world is burning down that the season's over and all that you know, i've seen a lot of that on social media it's not the case this team is still at the top of the metro we're gonna talk about the standings and where they're at here in a second but the world's not over uh, the world's not ending. Season's not ending. They can still make a run, but one thing they're going to have to do if they are legitimately going to make a run, power play's got to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could make a deep run with the power play the way it is, but could they win it? I don't know. I I, I don't know if they could or not, but the power play has got. Power play's got to improve for sure. 110%. It's got to improve. And trade deadline is a place where they can do that. We got trade deadline coming up. God, I think it's at the end of this week. But yeah, it's it's right around the corner. We're going to see if the Hurricanes make a move. We're going to be talking more about that tomorrow. But now it's time to talk about the Metro Division and just where the Hurricanes are stacking up and where the other teams are stacking up. And we'll talk about that right after this quick break, folks. Now, folks, you know, I'm trying to stick to my New Year's resolution being a bit healthier. And a great way to do that is with Built Bars, folks. And you guys that have been around for a long time, you know all about Built Bars. And if you're new here, let me tell you about them. And you got to, first off, what makes Built Bars so good? And that is that they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And that is real chocolate. It's not some weird stuff. And they also come in great flavors with two of my favorites being churro and my all-time favorite being peanut butter brownie. And they got flavors for everyone. So if those don't sound like your speed, go check out their website. 
I guarantee you, you're going to find something there. And these these built bars taste like candy bars. It's hard to believe that they're so healthy. And they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And don't wait around, folks. Go get you a box. We've been talking about built bars for years now. So you can order them online at built.com. And now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can go to Walmart today and get a four bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, which I am, it is going to be that 13 bar box of brownie batter and churro you will thank me later make sure you're going and picking up your built bars got to get ready for summer and built bar is a great way to do that folks now let's start talking about uh metro and where the hurricanes are stacking up we're going to pull up these uh, metro division standings and just look at it because the devils they made moves yesterday they traded for timo meyer and the Devils are a very, very dangerous team. And you know, it feels like now the Metro is a must win for the Hurricanes. It really, really does. Yeah. As of right now, yeah, and we'll also look at the entire uh, playoff picture as well, folks. But the Metro, again, the Hurricanes are sitting at the top, you know, 58 games played, uh, sitting at a 39, 11, and 8 record, 86 points. The Devils right behind them. 59 games played, 39, 15, and 5, 83 points. Then you got New York Rangers, 60 games played, 34, 17, 9, 77 points. New York Islanders in fourth, 63 games played, 31, 25, and 7, 69 very nice points. And then you had the Pittsburgh Penguins at 5 at 59 games played, 29, 21, and 9, 67 points. Washington Capitals at 6, 62 games played, 29, 27, and 6, and 64 points. Philadelphia Flyers in 7th at 61 games played, 23, 28, 10, and 56 points. Then in 8, you have the Columbus Blue Jackets at 60 games played at 19, 35, and 6, and 44 points. Now, the top of this division is absolutely stacked and crazy competitive i saw something shortly before i started recording let me see if i can find it again of just how okay it's gone but the hurricanes the devils the rangers the bruins the leafs and the lightning all have win percentages over 600 some of those aren't, and I believe it's two of those teams aren't going to make it past the second round. They're past the first round, excuse me. Crazy. Crazy just to think about how heavy the top of the Eastern Conference is. But again, with the Devils, the moves, they, the tear that they've been on this year before trading for Timo, and now that they did, they are all in, and they are really pushing to make a run challenge the hurricanes challenge the rangers and the hurricanes are rangers have made moves already as well the hurricanes have got to make some moves 
They really, really do. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us were counting on Timo of Hurricanes making the trade for him because from what was being asked and some mock trades that were coming up, it's like 100% make that trade any day of the week. But it didn't happen. He's up in New Jersey now. So the Hurricanes got to do something. And, you know, because I, yes, you know, I here we like the group we got yeah i like the group we got too but i'm also looking at what all the teams around us are doing and just how much better the devils are how much better the rangers are then you look at the bruins you look at the leafs you look at the lightning these teams are freaking good and the hurricanes have got to make a splash and at the deadline and they do because the top of the metro is insane then you just look over to the wild card with the islanders and then the penguins uh they're in the two wild card spots right now buffalo and buffalo is just a point behind pittsburgh uh for that second wild card spot and then you also kind of got uh detroit florida and washington kind of right behind there all of them at 64 points so you know, they're, it's tight, and the Hurricanes, they're, they got to do something. They, they've really got to do something to amp up the power play. That's a big thing that they need to address at the deadline, in my opinion. Because, yeah, 5-on-5, five five, it's great. We all know that. We all know that their blue line, it's great. Goaltending, it's great. Power play, sucks. It does. They really need to do something to bolster that uh here within the next few days a lot of us again thought it was going to be timo meyer and uh, tarasenko you know he was on that list but you know those guys are off the board now so we're gonna have to wait and see just what they decide to do more obviously i'm gonna keep talking about that as time goes on but man devil's dangerous guys and they they could legitimately win the Metro. They legitimately could. And I think, yeah, one thing that hurt them is just kind of as a, I know there are guys on that team that have playoff experience, you know, like Dougie, but just as a whole, you know, they don't have the playoff experience that a team like the Hurricanes or the Bruins or the Lightning. They don't have that experience. So, but again, that don't mean nothing. Team gets hot at the right time. They go on a run. Like the Hurricanes back in 2019 to Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, first time they made playoffs in nine, ten years. Uh, and, and yeah. So, at the end of the day, that doesn't, it's a factor, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And the Metro is dangerous right now, guys. It, it is. You know, Devils and Rangers have made moves to get better. And they both could make pushes to win this division. And the Hurricanes need to do the same. They need to do something this week. You know, we'll see what it is. Obviously, sentimental reasons. You know, I saw today Eric Stahl wasn't on the ice for the Panthers. Bring him home. But, you know, that's just sentimental reasons there. Uh, but I wouldn't complain. But it is something the Hurricanes, they need to make they need to make a move. I've seen you know, a lot of things. You have know, them 
get like a middle six guy, you know, seventh defensive. Yeah, that depth wouldn't hurt. But they also look at all the teams around you. They're making splashes. The Hurricanes need to make a splash. Now, in order to get good, you're going to have to give up good. And, you know, who is the one that the Hurricanes move on out? You know, we've obviously seen Seth Jarvis uh, circled around quite a bit. I don't think that's the case. I don't think he would get moved unless, you know, the trade was right. And I saw Jesper Foss being a guy in some mock trades that I could legitimately see. But we won't know until we know. Obviously, nobody is off limits because, like we always say, if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the trade deadline, what the Hurricanes decide to do. And we'll talk about all that as time goes on. And in hopefully we'll be talking about a trade that the Hurricanes do in tomorrow's episode. But we'll just have to wait and see. The Hurricanes, their next game is on Wednesday against the Vegas Golden Knights. They're out in Vegas. And then Friday against Arizona. We'll obviously talk about that. those games whenever they come. I'm looking forward to some Canes after dark. I know you guys are as well. But I will talk to you in tomorrow's episode, folks. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. And myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And as always, Let's go Canes.